Hello and welcome to Southern Comfort, a SoCon podcast where we talk all things Southern Comfort sports. Cole Spivey here as always with Will Fleming. Will, you want to say what's up to the people? What's going on? Um, this is the first time that we have a current catamount on the podcast. I'm excited about it, as you can tell. Cam, you want to say what's up to the people, man? Oh, yeah, man. What's up, everybody in Catamount Nation? Uh, I'm happy to be the first one up here, so um, hope you all enjoyed us. Um, Cam Baycoat, man, he's, he's, he's really good at Western. Um, he's played a few different colleges, uh, Indiana State, Maryland, Eastern Shore. Um, he played at Bethel High School, was a thousand point scorer in uh, high school and played in the 2017 state championship game. Um, is there anything you want to add there about that, Cam? Um, nah, you hit the, hit the nail on the head right there. Um, about it, played for a lot of schools, like you said. So, yeah, I think you, you, you did a good job introducing yeah, um, just talk a little bit about, you know, you played at Bethel. Allen Iverson went there, um, and your older brothers went there. Was there any pressure to to follow under those guys? Uh, No, not really any pressure at all. Um, You know, like, one thing that a lot of people might not know, um, you know, Iverson is like, we call him Chuck. So, like, he's always around. So, like, he's always been around. Like, he's somebody you can just go talk to, like, so it was never no pressure, but I did understand that people came before me and just kind of the importance, like, yo, I want to do well because this dude did well or because this guy, like, came before me. So I wouldn't say any pressure. It was kind of fun. It was just fun. And, like, the program, like, it never stops. People keep coming back to see, like, even the other day I go back to the school and all that just to check up, and it's like a revolving door. So it's pretty cool if you ask me. Nice, Cam. Let's talk about high school and getting recruited. Obviously, you're at a pretty good program at Bethel, a lot of good history there. What was it like getting recruited at a high school and kind of what made you buy into Maryland Eastern Shore? Um, so actually one of the assistant coaches at Maryland Eastern Shore at the time was a former coach at my high school, former assistant coach. And he literally lives like in the neighborhood behind mine. So mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. So I just had that relationship with him, knew him since I was probably about like eight years old. So um, that's kind of what led me going to Maryland Eastern Shore, um, just the relationship I had with him and the ability to be able to play um, right away. I knew I was going to come in and play a lot of minutes. Um, so it was cool getting recruited and all that. But one thing I didn't know, like looking back on my recruitment, I would say is like, like when a guy commits, like, and coaches stop talking to you, I didn't, like, really understand as a kid, like, oh, it's not like, well, this dude basically, like, took my offer in a sense. So it was kind of funny like that. But, yeah, like I said, um, just having that that relationship with one of the assistant coaches is really what, what uh, sold me on that experience. Yeah. Now you talk about, you know, kind of the dude takes your offer. Um, talk about the decision to transfer where you got that opportunity again to get offers and talk to coaches, and, and it's kind of like a new world. Um, you ended up going to Indiana State. What was that decision-making process like? Um, so when my coach had got let go from UMBS, I knew, like, I wanted to make a change and all that. And um, kind of going back to the recruitment, it helped a lot. Uh, a coach who was recruiting me at the time, he was at UNC Asheville, um, Brett Carey, and then he went to Indiana State. And it's kind of like it came full circle because he was a guy I really liked and admired and somebody who had a really good relationship with myself and my parents. So um, getting able to be recruited again and then going to Indiana State was something that was a big-time opportunity. I enjoyed my visit. Like, I loved it out there when I went out there, and it was – I just fell in love with it, so it was cool. 
Yeah. Now, when you transferred to Indiana State, that was before the first time, you know, eligible immediate transfer. Um, so you had to redshirt. I think a redshirt year is something that a lot of growth can be made for a player as a player, but also off the court. Talk about what that was like to not be able to play basketball in games for a year. It was kind of tough at first, but um, I didn't really realize it till maybe about like December. It took me a while to like really get over it and really understand like, yo, this is a chance for you to get better every day. Like you said, not only on the court, but off the court. Um, so I was taking school super serious. That was the first time I got a 4.0 in college. Um, so that was big for me. And then my coach had said something to me one day. He was like, yo, like every practice is a game for you. And it kind of clicked for me. It's like, yo, I'm on a scout team. I get to do whatever I want. Like the ball is in my hand every play. Like, so let me just go out here and just treat every practice like a game. So when I started doing that, that's when things started to change. And that's one thing, like, when I see guys who are red shirting and they might be taking it a little hard, I just tell them, like, yo, like, don't look at it as something negative. Like, you can come out on the other side of this uh, better than somebody who's actually playing, but maybe not getting as many minutes or something like that. So red shirting was huge for me, man. It was like, it really opened my eyes on a lot of stuff. I was doing some stuff on campus. Um, I had time on my hands when, like, the team would go away. It hurt not going on trips and stuff. But, I mean, reassuring was definitely a, a great experience, I'd say. Now, you graduated from Indiana State. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So what did you – what was your major? What did you graduate with? And kind of what was that feeling like? Was that kind of a, an overwhelming accomplishment now that you you kind of put the student in student-athlete? Yeah, it was – Hey, that was a day I'll never forget. So I graduated in sport management. Um, Great. And I remember after the season ended, our coach had got let go at Indiana State. And so I ended up just coming back home. Like, it was a lot of restrictions and stuff going on in the team. Like, I knew I was going to graduate and all that, but I wasn't even trying to go to graduation. And my mom came in my room and was just like, we put in a lot of time with this, like you're walking across the stage. <laughs> and I'm glad she really did that because when she did that and I'm walking across the stage and I look up and see them going crazy when I did it, it was just a feeling I, I'll never forget. And it really was um, something that was just, it was a blessing, man. Like all the help that we had and, and, and all the stuff that went into the academic side at Indiana State was cool. And those are people I still talk to to this day. So I really appreciate them. And, you know, playing at Indiana State, it's another historic program as well. You know, obviously one of the greatest ever went there, Larry Bird. Uh, kind of what was that like, well, you know, having that in the air around you? Is that kind of talked about when you're at Indiana State? Is that a big recruiting pitch for them? Man, that's all they talk about. <laughs> like, so, I mean, of course, the statue is outside the home center. But we got to meet him one time. Well, I know some of the dudes got to meet him more than once, but I got to meet him one time and he was way taller than I thought he was. Like, <laughs> talked to us a little bit, gave us a little, little pitch and all that. But basketball in Indiana is so serious to those people. Like, it's like insane. Like, I've never seen nothing like it. Yeah. And as far as it came to recruiting, like, it was just something you already knew. Like, Larry Bird went there and all that. And they tell you like stories and all that. But I mean, just how serious they take basketball is just, it's just crazy. And it's like when they are recruiting you just realize, like, yeah, this means something to not only the staff, the other players, they mean something to the whole community. So yeah. it's like they really don't even have to talk too much about Larry. Like, the, 
they're going to just sell you on the, the basketball portion just being super serious. So that's how it kind of went. Now talk about, you know, you said your coach was let go. You're sitting at home after you graduated. Um, you realized you had some eligibility left. You know, what what was that decision-making process like to get in the grad portal and, and to go explore your options? Um, so at that time, um, kind of came back full circle to another recruiting moment. Um, Brian Graves, who's from I'm from, he's from Newport News, um, ended up taking a job at Western Carolina. And as soon as he took the job, Literally two days later, um, I get the call from Coach Gray. I was outside cutting the grass and all that. And Coach Gray called me and he like, yo, I'm going to offer you a scholarship. And they, like, gave me the virtual visit and all that. I didn't even go down to the campus. Like, I just knew Brian Graves, like, as my dog. Like, I knew him since I was, like, three. Like, so I was real little, knew him my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I just got to go play for him and that. The way he was talking about Coach Gray, I'm like, if he's saying this about this dude, I know he's a good dude and all that. Like, he wouldn't lead me in the wrong direction. So it was kind of frustrating at first because BG was at another school and then he ended up going to Western Carolina. So I was sitting at the crib for a little bit, not knowing what I was going to do. And then when he ended up taking a job, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I'm rocking with them. Now, before he went there, did you ever heard of Western Carolina before? <laughs> Only it's crazy because I knew Kevin Martin had gone to Western Carolina, and I yep. just I was talking to my brother, and I'm like, "That's the dude with the funny shot off 2K," and like I'm <laughs> like, "All right, but he went there." But that's like all I heard about. Like I didn't know anything else about the program, and I did watch the Adam. I'm looking back on it. I watched them play a game when they played VCU the COVID year when they played against Bones Highland and all that. Yeah, and that was the like only other time I heard about Western Carolina, but. Yeah, I didn't know nothing about the program. Talking about West Carolina, what's your thoughts on Kolui? Uh, Different, for sure. Like, <laughs> whole, whole 180 from where I'm from, from everything. Like, I'm, I live on the – we're on the beach. Like, it's mountains out there. So, small town. Like, but it's something that I've grown to, like – I've grown to get used to a little bit. And, like, it's something that I – I definitely appreciate this place when I'm gone. So, I mean, like I said, different for sure. I wish it was more food options. Wish it was more stuff to do sometimes, but it's cool. It really helps you get closer with the with your teammates, other students on campus. So I appreciate it. Of course. Just talking about change, you know, you've been kind of over three schools now. You've had a lot of eligibility with the COVID especially. What's it like to be playing basketball for so long compared to some of these 18-year-olds that you're playing with? It's crazy because I've seen so much. Like, I tell the guys on the team and the coaches, like, I've been on a lot of teams. Like, mm -hmm. So, like, I've really seen it all. And it's like – so to see somebody step in the door for their first day and and, and just see, like, their development or, or things they need to work on and stuff like that, it's cool to see. And I love helping those guys, but – it's definitely been it's definitely been eye-opening in a sense like to just see so many different things at so many different yeah. schools and it's just like it's crazy so it's hard to put into words for that's great do you typically step up you seem like the type of guy that's step up to be in the leadership role I mean you've like you said you've you kind of been through it all almost I mean you kind of seen just about everything so are you the type of guy that's bringing in the younger guys kind of teach them how you know right and the wrong 
you kind of feel like a player coach almost. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the coaches, they, they like tell me that all the time, like, just go ahead and do you like talk to the younger guys, mentor the younger yeah. guys. It's also helped to um, like this year we have DJ Campbell. He's from Hampton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And last year, Marcus Banks, like having yeah. dudes that I've done my whole life, it makes it a little easier. And then just it's fun mentoring those guys. Like I love seeing their growth and like I tell them like, yo, I can't wait to like two years down the line or three years down the line to see where you're going to be at. Cause like them dudes listen so much. And like, I don't have all the answers, but it's the fact that they'll keep talking to me or they are eager to learn. And this the things that just, it's like, I know that they'll, they'll be great players and stuff like that. Yeah. Now with the extra eligibility came two years of scholarship after you'd already gotten a four year degree, which means you get to start on your master's. Um, what are you working on that? So I'm getting my master's in innovative leadership. Um, I'll be finishing up in the spring. So I got two classes left. I'm, I'm, this is the most excited I've been for classes to start in my whole life. So can't wait for these classes to just start and then be over with, walk the stage again. I might even dance across the stage this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool, man. It's, it's exciting. You're going to get to join that, uh, you know, the alumni at Western Carolina. Um, what do you think about the new landscape of college basketball? You know, guys like you being around that prior to COVID really didn't exist. And now, you know, we're getting fifth year, sixth year guys. Um, I think it's kind of twofold. Like, I, I like it, of course, because I feel like it makes for some better games. Like when you even look at the bad games, like games that this school is supposed to win. Um, now having older guys, more experienced guys, like, they can go into a school and, and compete with those guys and, and really make it a game. And I think it will really be interesting to see in like tournament, like a tournament setting and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm all for it, man. If you can take advantage of basketball and, and use it to your benefit and get as many degrees as you can um, network, meet as many people as you can. Like I met so many great people along the way from each different school that I still talk to to this day. And, people who um, are extremely helpful in my life and things like that. So I think it's cool in a sense. I also think it it is a little, it's just brand new. Like not a lot of people know what's really going on um, with all these extra years and all that. So it's like, it, it's fun to see, but it definitely is like kind of twofold. Yeah. I think we've had, you know, some other extra year guys on here and they kind of said, it's something that you're still figuring out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as it goes, cause you know, normally you'd have graduated from Indiana state and really been done, but now you've got the opportunity to join a new program, help build a culture. Um, speaking of that culture at Western Carolina, you mentioned the lack of food options at Western Carolina. <laughs> um, talk about your love for Chipotle, man. Is that something you want to see in Colouie? Man, coach Gray said he's going to try to get a, a Chipotle in Colouie. So <laughs> that would be something great to see, but. If they had a Chipotle and Colorway, I would go broke. I wouldn't go anywhere else. So it's good that it's not there. But my love for Chipotle is just, I don't know. I just like it so much. I actually went today. But they do need one in Colorway. And Chipotle needs to start responding to my DMs and all my tweets that I send them. And we can work something out and make something happen. <laughs> yeah, your tweet last week where you, you mentioned the, the first drive through Chipotle in Johnson City. That's the only one you've ever seen, Will. What's up, man? Hey, I tell you what, maybe, hey, maybe I need to talk to my people up there in John City, see if we can get something across the uh, the Blue Ridge. Yeah, we need to we need to make that happen. But it's crazy because 
after I tweeted that, somebody back home told me that in Chesapeake or Virginia Beach, one of the two, they have a drive through Chipotle. So I might have to take a trip over there one day and just see it. So something like that. Yeah. Um, kind of talking about, you know, I'm kind of going on here. This is one of my favorite moments of Catamount basketball. Um, parting the Red Sea in your first game is kind of what I'd like to describe it as. You know, um, walk us through that moment in real time for you. Um, it was just crazy from the whole start of the day. Like, it being Coach Gray's first real game, like, as a head coach, it was just crazy. The atmosphere was pretty lit. Like, I remember before the game, we telling students, like, you know, just come to the game. We in the calf, like, telling people, just pull up to the game, do this, do that. And then, like, for that to happen, I just remember us being down in the game and then, like, us just making a slow comeback, slow comeback. And, like, it just talks about, like, some of the stuff that Coach Gray has, like, instilled in the program and instilled in me. Um, it really came to fruition that game. And that play at the end was just – it was just it was just a fun moment for sure because all I could think about was Coach Gray. Like all the dudes in the locker room were saying, "Yo, like we gotta get this win for him, like his first game." And it was a it was just cool to see that. So that was now, great. Now let me ask you: Was that the, the play drawn up? He said, "All right, Cam, you're gonna come around, and everybody on Bowling Green is gonna get out of the lane. You have a wide open lane to tie." <laughs> nah, that wasn't the play, but it's crazy because Coach Gray and Coach Freeze, like they have like amazing offensive mind so I remember this play like Joe is supposed to come screen for me and after he screens he's gonna go down screen for Rob and he's gonna slip and Rob had just hit a three Joe had just hit a three so we banking on them to just mess up and like he's like yo like just make the right decision but like how they were playing defense like I just seen the dude jump on the high side and I'm like oh it's not he jumped up and this dude isn't gonna move so let me just go ahead and take this layup. They're not going to be mad if I do that. So <laughs> that definitely wasn't the play, but like Coach Gray always says, like he gives credit to the players and like he just wants you to go out there and just make a play like at any time you can. So, I mean, it wasn't the play, but he would say that that was the, the right thing to do. So, <laughs> Of course. Was- uh, Cole, I think you can probably ask this one. Let's talk about the culture at Western Carolina under Justin Gray. Um to me, especially coming looking from the outside, looks like things are on the up and up for Western. Of course, you just beat DHSU as an DHSU guy. I actually hate it. Happy for you and Cole. Uh, but that's a big win for for the Western Carolina program. Coming on the road, beating us at Freedom Hall, it, it doesn't happen a lot. And uh, talk about kind of the way that, that Coach Grace kind of changed things already. And are you surprised to see how well you guys are doing in year two? So it's crazy. They brought up a stat. None of us were alive the last time Western won at uh, at ETSU, so that's crazy in itself. But the way that he's changed the culture, like just the the things he's instilled into the program, like the relentless effort, the competitive excellence, the power to unit, like those are things we talk about every day. And we actually have something called culture class, like probably like every week, where we just talk about changing culture, like being better than yesterday, like so. I'm not surprised at all. Like, even when, like in the summer last year, like when I first got the uh, color, we like, I knew like, I'm like, yo, coach Gray, like he put together an amazing staff. Like he's going to be a great head coach. Like I knew like, you know, first year as a coach, sometimes like you're going to have to go through some, some bumps and bruises and all that. Yeah. But knew for sure, like the things he was like just doing 
and how he wants the program to look like he always talks about it looking the right way. Like I just knew like, yeah, he's the right guy. And like, so it's no surprise. And then I think this is also a credit to the staff, like in the era of the transfer portal, like you got to put together a team quick. Like we have so many guys and it's not even just putting together the team so quick. It's making sure you got the right guys that's going to buy in and trust each other quickly. I just have to get them all the credit for that because you don't know who you're really getting. Like you can get dudes with egos, dudes thinking I need to do this. I need to do that. So it's, it's crazy to see that they were able to just put together such a, a tight knit group and just people who are yeah. willing to be selling. And so not really surprising me. Absolutely. And I think that's a, you're right. That's a total testament to coach Gray and his staff. Cause I think I think of many teams who, on paper, looked like they are one of the greatest transfer teams the world has ever seen, but they have no leadership, nothing meshing together. So I think it takes a lot for a coach to have to mix with personalities to make sure everything works. Um, this is Cole's favorite question, actually, to talk about. You know, you've been in the league now. Uh, what's your favorite place to play at the SoCon? And then I want you to tell me about – actually, let's leave with – what's your least favorite place to play at the SoCon? My least favorite place to play has to be VMI. And yeah. I don't like it because, I mean, it's like I had a bad game there last year, so that's why I don't like it for sure. But the crowd is crazy. Like, I knew that before I even got in the Southern Conference. I heard that being from Virginia and all that. But, like, they just talk to you crazy. It's all these dudes in camouflage up in the stands. They hit their rings on the on the thing. Yeah, it's so loud in there. Like, they talking to me crazy. I'm like, man, like, they talking to other people crazy. They talking about my teammates crazy. Like, it's just they're in there going crazy, and I'm like, man, I, yeah. I don't like it. It's hot in the gym. Like, oh, I ain't really like it. Like the scoreboard, not new. Like they need a new scoreboard, yeah. all that. So I don't really. Yeah, v, VMI, I do not like VMI. And uh, Cole, that's usually a pretty typical answer that we hear. Um, let's lead to, of course, you're going to say Cole is your favorite place to play outside of home. Where's your favorite place to play at? I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that, but outside <laughs> of that. Favorite place to play will probably be I like Mercer. Like yeah. they got arena. Um it was a pretty nice crowd when we played there. Um their rims are generous. So I like that <laughs> about it. I can't say uh, that for every other Of course, of course. As a guy I've actually lost a free throw competition at Freedom Hall. I don't know if their rims are too generous. Um talk about your favorite place to play in college. Hmm. Uh, Any really cool, you know, big power five places, big power five memories you've had? Probably when I was at Maryland Eastern Shore, we played Creighton. And, like, oh, wow. they see, like, 8,000. Mm-hmm. And, like, just going in for shoot around, I didn't even understand, like, how big it is. Like, I'm, like, looking up and all that. And I'm like, all right, like, it looks pretty big. But then that was, like, the last game before their Christmas break or something. So it was, like, packed in there. I'm like, hold yeah. up, like crazy like and like it was it was just a nice facility nice arena so that was probably my favorite place that I've ever played in college nice um talk about you know is your career um maybe more specifically in high school because kind of growing up in Virginia a lot of great basketball players are coming out of there um who are some of the better players you've played against um I would say well, definitely like Matt Coleman. He was in my uh, recruiting class. You know that we were both in 2017. He went to Texas, and now he's overseas in Turkey playing. Um, 
but probably like the best player I played against would have to be like Cam Thomas. Like, but I played him when he was young, but he was still doing the same thing. Like, it's like a quote that they said, uh, somebody around him said, like, every time he plays, you can just put 30 in a book. Like, and I mean, so what he did in high school was crazy. Go on the Oak Hill, all time leading scorer, like, great career there. LSU, like, it wasn't a surprise to nobody around here what he did at LSU. And now, like, just when he does get his opportunity with the Nets, like, you see, like, he can still score and do all that. But, like, for him to just have a knack to score, like, somebody's made a great point. Like, he's, like, addicted to scoring. Like, and it shows when he plays. Like, he just yeah. finds buckets and buckets and buckets. So, he was probably, like, the best player I played against. And that's, like, I played him when he was in, like, the ninth grade. So, it's, it's crazy. That's wild. I actually had a – Funny story, my cousin Jacob was a sophomore or maybe junior in, or maybe maybe even a senior in high school. Anyways, like five foot ten, maybe 120 pounds, and they played against Oak Hill and he had a guard can Thomas. And it was just like the scariest thing I've ever seen much. It was like me playing college football. I just didn't belong. And uh God bless the poor kid. Uh Cam Thomas is an absolute hooper. Um so you've played against really good guys. You've made incredible plays, incredible buckets. You've done a lot of cool things in basketball. Do you have a favorite basketball moment yet, or are you still waiting to find that? Mm, I think favorite basketball moment, probably my first game at Maryland and Shore. We played on um, it was it wasn't a Division One school, but it was still like the first game we played, and I had twenty eight and eleven assists, and it was just fun. Because I actually text, like, my parents before the game, like, I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm going to just go off tonight. And I don't even talk like that, but it was just a yeah. feeling I had. And I'm like, dang, like, for after the game, like, going out to eat with my parents and all that and just looking back on it, it was like – because this was always a dream to just play college basketball. So, of course. it was cool to see that. And that would probably be my favorite basketball moment for sure. And, of course, your next one's going to be when, when Western cuts down the Nets in Nashville, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I am still waiting on it. And I mean, hey, Cole, we're going to change it. We're going to do it, man. Um, <laughs> you know, speaking of, man, I got to ask for Catamount Nation at least, man. Or, or health wise, man, are we like 95%? You, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But are we, are we getting back on the court sometime soon? Man, I'm actually done for the year. So oh, I can't man. come back. Don't tell us that. Yeah, I tried to. Uh, Tried to come back. Like, it was uh, just the rehab process was tough in itself and all that. So, that was kind of crazy. But I feel like um, I don't know what really happened, but I just had re-aggravated the injury and all that. I don't really remember a specific play or anything. But, yeah, I'm uh, done for the season and all that. But it's just fun being out there supporting the guys. Like, I feel like that kind of brought us together in a sense, too. Like, dudes always, like, want to keep me involved, like, always laughing, joking, like, and just playing hard and all that. So it's cool to see that. And it's just a joy to be around. Now, if you and don't want to think – yeah, you can go ahead, Will. I was going to say, I, it's an unfortunate and tremendous loss for the Catamounts this year, especially, you know, you don't have to answer this question either, but, you know, maybe what's the future looking like uh, as far as being in the Catamounts jersey, as far as going pro next year, maybe. Uh, do we have a plan yet? Oh. Um, I'm still in the works of figuring everything out. Like, um, one thing that's popped up, like a lot of people have been talking to me about is coaching. That's not mm -hmm. something I ever really saw myself doing. Or, but the more games I'm watching, like 
I kind of sit on the bench sometimes and hear myself talking like coach. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like, but oh no, still rehabbing a little bit. Um, still trying to get back to 100, even though I'm not going to be on the court. But, but definitely trying to just take this rehab process serious and and just get back to as healthy as I can be. Yeah, one thing I'll say, you mentioned it earlier, education, man. If you if you can find another year out of that and get to go get more education for free, man, you can't turn that down. Um, speaking of just playing though, man, take us through kind of like your, your game day routine. You know, what are, what are you doing on a game day to get ready mentally? Um, so I kind of base my stuff off like whatever time we plan. Um, so if it's like a late game, I'm definitely going to get a nap in. Um, and then like pregame meal, they're going to have that for us and all that, but definitely all I'm worried about is if we play late, I got to get a nap, but if we play earlier in the four or two, I can't go to sleep because I'll be super drowsy during the game. And that's just something I've realized over the course of my career. Like, if it's a night game, I'm, I'm sleeping. If it's not, I'm not. So that's the only thing I would say is, like, only thing that changes on pregame routine. Like, the shoot around, the pregame meal, all that stuff is taken care of by the coaches and the staff. So that doesn't really change. Will, do you have anything you want to add, man? Um, not, I don't think question wise, I will say, I will say if you are a basketball coach in the future, you're the type of guy that I think I want my kids to play for. Uh, you remind me kind of a Joe Hughley. I don't know if you know Joe, he was at HSU, uh, part of the 2020 team that went 30 and four. He's now an assistant coach. You guys have a very similar mindset. Very, he was a player coach when he was there. He kind of went everywhere. He went to, you know, Connecticut state and then he transferred down to HSU. He was like, I don't care if I play, I just want to be a winner. And, uh, it sounds like Cam is a winner to me. Uh, Man, we really appreciate your time, and uh, I really, really, really wish you well with the injury and, and the rehab process. Oh yeah, man, appreciate that. Appreciate you guys having me, and it was it was fun being up here, and it's definitely gonna be fun when we cut down those nets in Asheville too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, wrapping it up, Cam. We got eight minutes. If you got anything you want to plug, nil, Chipotle, Kobe <laughs> and Colui, you want them to sign you or something? You know, it's crazy. We had a little uh, a little deal worked out with Kobe, me and. Uh, Ty, Ty Claude, uh, we actually have a little something with Kobe, so we go in there quite a few. We get to get to eat for free. So that's, as far as Chipotle, man, like I said, they they see my DMs all the time. Like I don't know if they know that I can see when they see it, but so I know they're ignoring me. I don't know why, but I think they know I'm gonna still go in there and spend my money. So maybe it's it's smart on their part from a business aspect. They looking at it with. Why would we give him a deal if he's going to keep coming in here and spending money? So. <laughs> well, but we nah, appreciated right? having you on, Cam. And I'll say, if not seeing you before, I hope to see you Monday in Asheville, man, getting up there, cutting down the net. Oh, yeah, for sure.